Friday fellows, you're listening to Fellows on the Fly, a new podcast aimed at keeping community members informed and connected. Today we're in downtown Raleigh with John Drescher at the News and Observer office. Want to say hi? Yeah, hey everybody. Uh, I'm excited because John is also a member of the first class, so I really like to hear about what the experience was like back then in 95, 20 years ago, and, and in observing the way that we're going through this class, the class of 2014, 2016, it's really interesting to see just how things have changed. So uh, I guess I want to talk about, are you working on anything right now? Is there any like current project that you're working on, or initiative? Well, I'm always working on a lot of things um, um, at my job here at the News and Observer. It's an interesting time for us because uh, historically, obviously, we've been a print newspaper and really uh, we're becoming much more digital. That's what a lot of our focus is about because we know that our future uh, is digital. So I believe in newspapers. I think they're really important to democracy and um, we're trying to um, figure out ways to get our readers information uh, in all the different ways that they want it. So that's really what I focus my time on. What made you get interested in this world of news reporting? I've always been interested in journalism, going back to when I was a kid, uh, in Margaret Ferguson's seventh grade class at Millbrook Middle School in North Raleigh. One of the projects we had was to create a newspaper from the Revolutionary War period. And so that's one of my earliest memories of creating a newspaper in the seventh grade. And I remember I wanted the pages to look old because it was supposed to be a newspaper from like the 1770s. And so I put them in this water, kind of coffee-stained water, in order to make the paper um, look brown. But uh, I still keep up with Mrs. Ferguson, my seventh grade teacher. Uh, and she told me at one point years ago that she had that newspaper. I don't know whether she still oh, she has it. it. That would have been uh, quite a few years ago, like about 40 years ago. That's awesome. That's really that was really smart. I was thinking you were gonna say like you like burned it or something. Well, I think <laughs> I did burn the edges. You did. <laughs> um, but and, but the paper when when I put the, the coffee water on it, it I let the paper soak in the water and it gave it this kind of brown aged look. Wow. Okay, that's really interesting. And and now I guess papers kind of look the same. As, I guess I don't know. Are they ever gonna change? Do you like the layout of the newspaper the way that it is? Well, we have to think about a lot of different things now. One of the things we think about is, in a digital era, what should a print newspaper be like? Mm -hmm. And so um, that's an active discussion that we're having. And in July of this year, we will launch uh, a print newspaper that looks different than it looks right now. So this is a discussion that's underway yeah. for us right now. I imagine it must be difficult because you have these like baby boomers that are really used to like waking up and going out and getting their paper and it looking like regular newspaper so do, do you have a discourse with that population about this and sure I mean there's a lot of people even in this digital area the era there's still a lot of people that want a print newspaper but we also realize that there's a lot of people that um, want their news digitally so we have to do both we mm -hmm. can't just do one or the other right. and that's part of our challenge is that we still need to put out a quality print newspaper but we also know that we need to get a lot better uh, with our digital editions okay very cool. So, um, you being interested in journalism, 
makes me want to talk about storytelling and that component of the fellowship. Was that heavy in the, in ninety five, the class of ninety five? The storytelling part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's always been a storytelling component to the Friday Fellows, and I remember um, in, interviewing other Friday Fellows. Um, we each. Uh, interviewed at least one other Friday fellow and kind of wrote their life story in a, in a short, condensed uh, version. And um, so, yeah, storytelling has always been a component to the Friday Fellowship. At least it was uh, during my class from 95 to 97. Mm, Who did you write about? Do you remember? Um, I wrote about a couple different people, and um, I wonder if I still have that. I might still have that. Um, in a file somewhere, but um, I remember Lenny Salzberg uh, <laughs> uh, interviewing me, I think. I think he wrote about me. can't remember whether I wrote about him or somebody else. But yeah, so Friday fellows went to visit each other and, mm-hmm. and wrote little reports on their, their other fellow. Now they do a documentary. Now it's like a whole video. Oh yeah, video? <laughs> yeah. Did the storytelling component really help you, do you find? Well, for me it was pretty comfortable. I mean, uh, having doing what I do for a living, it wasn't uh, as much a stretch for me as it maybe was for some other people in the program. Okay. Do you still stay in touch with your class? Yes, so, some people. Um, and yeah, definitely. In fact, I'm uh, going to a Bulls game in a couple of weeks with uh, two fellows, okay. uh, one who was in my class and then one who came uh, a couple classes after me. Okay, that's great. So you have a connect, and you're connected with fellows of all yeah, years. Yeah, you know, I would say just about every week I have some connection with a Friday fellow. That's awesome. Um, and so, yeah, it's really good. That, that network, um, which I guess is more than 150 people now, mm-hmm. right? It's like 203, okay. I think. Um, so, for example, just this morning, I got uh, a text uh, from a fellow, Henry McCoy. Okay. And um, who I saw, he was actually in the building a couple of days ago. Um, so I see, I see or hear from fellows on a pretty regular basis. And is it more professional or like? It's a combination of both. So mm-hmm. the, when I'm at the Bulls game in a couple of weeks, you know that that will be um, social. And there's always kind of a social component to it, mm-hmm. but then also sometimes uh, it's focused on uh, professional too. So um, I'll be seeing Anita Brown Graham mm-hmm. soon from the Emerging uh, Issues Institute at in NC State, and um, she has a project on her mind. So we're going to talk about that. That's and great. So yeah, I really I really uh, enjoy hearing from fellows. Uh, and it's good, I guess, because you guys have a common language, that dialogue, and, and you can... I don't know if you guys ever use that <laughs> I don't know. I imagine you're not just all sitting in a Starbucks talking about pinching each other, <laughs> storytelling. Well, we've been exposed to certain uh, concepts, mm-hmm. and um, so, you know, I think there is, uh, to some degree, a, a common language that fellows have. But I do remember having some really good discussions. Yeah, do you think, like... In your job, do you ever think back to like what would I do in the fel- or like what would the fellowship suggest that I do in this situation? Do you go back to it? Yeah, I do. I think um, the fellowship put a real premium on listening, uh, especially listening to people with different points of view, and 
that's something that I think is um, a really good skill to develop. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's particularly relevant to the kind of work that I do. Um, But yeah, that kind of uh, getting diverse groups of people together and listening is something that I do a lot of. That's really great. If you so, if you were going to give like an overall explanation of the fellowship experience, like you were just telling a stranger about it, what would you say about it? Well, I would say that it's uh, um, you know it's a leadership program for young professionals that really emphasizes human relations and diversity, mm. and that's. I was around um, at at the beginning, not at the moment that the program was created, but kind of shortly after that, uh, uh, when Clay Thorpe um, worked with a number of people to get the program launched. Um, So, you know, I know that there there really was this effort to honor uh, Bill Friday, who was always really good to me. And, um, and a, there was a real effort to focus on human relations and diversity. And I think I've been through leadership development programs before, and this one's different for me. Not like I'm going through it, but it's different because there's such an, like an introspective work that people have to do. It seems like there's like so much internal work that you have to do in, or, in order to be like externally able to like function. And I think sometimes you're so wrapped up in your world as a leader Sometimes you don't think about that. Journaling. Who would just think to like pull out a journal and like share your thoughts or write a poem, you know? It was really good. Uh, the six weekends were really good to kind of take a break. Mm-hmm. So you know, at the time I had three young kids and um, was also very immersed in my job. And to be able to get away for some long weekends and kind of think about things, um, where you'd been, where you hoped to be going, it was very helpful. It's very. That's really a gift to be able to get that time away, to be with a bunch of uh, smart people who were really interested in the public life in North Carolina. It was very invigorating. So, complete this sentence. If not for the Friday Fellowship, I what would you say? If not for the Friday Fellowship, I would um, probably not. Um, put such an emphasis on listening. I think that I really became a better listener um, through the training I received uh, for the Friday Fellows Program. And um, I heard someone describe recently as a powerful listener, and I really like that. I think that um, there aren't that many people who are really good listeners, and that um, good listeners gain insight that that other people don't have. It's really, if you don't really work to understand where somebody's coming from, it's going to be really hard to find common ground. That's great. Uh, Okay, so our default questions, which are a little bit more, uh, or a little bit less content heavy, so you can relax and take a breather. What book are you currently reading? You know, I... um, I finished recently um, Robert Peace book called uh, what's it called? 
the short and tragic life of Robert Peace. Oh, oh yeah, someone and recommended that to me. It's a fantastic book. This is about a guy who grew up poor uh, in a tough neighborhood near Newark. Um, absolutely brilliant guy, and um, went to Yale uh, and did very well. Um, and then ten years later, was dead uh, after after college, became a drug dealer. Uh, it's just an incredibly sad story, but a very powerful book. Is it a, like a racial type? Is, is does it focus on that at all? I feel like. Well, I mean, he, you know, he's a young African American guy, and so uh, particularly at Yale, um, you know, certainly race is, was part of his story. Um, but it's a very. Uh, the book is written by a guy who was his roommate all four years uh, at Yale. Okay. And uh, I actually finished it several months ago, but I've been thinking about the book uh, recently because I'm going to give a copy. My, one of my daughters gave it to me, and now I'm going to give uh, this copy to another one of my daughters who is about to become a public school teacher awesome. uh, in Central City, New Orleans. So um, I, I definitely recommend the book. Wow, yeah, that's going to be a really good resource for her, I imagine. I mean, it just seems like a lot of people have recommended that book to me. Uh, what's your favorite place in North Carolina? My favorite place? Well, I guess I should say Wild Acres, <laughs> little, little Switzerland. <laughs> uh, it is one of my favorite places. I always enjoy going up there, and partly because I really like the mountains and don't get there very often, but then just partly because of the, the people, the company, mm-hmm. um, when I finally do arrive there. So so that's certainly one of my favorite places uh, in North Carolina. I always, when I go up there, there's no service, and there's no, really, there's no Wi-Fi. And it's so weird, like, being 25 and not having my cell phone. Like, it's just, I've never, I've had a cell phone since I was 12. I've never, like, not had it near me. It's like, I don't need it. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, you know, there's, like, I find myself out there, you know, going to there's a little there's a little patch in the parking lot <laughs> where yeah. where I can kind of get service, but most of the time I don't have service, and I really like I kind of really like it's not nice, having right? that service. Yeah. I know you don't realize what like a burden it is in your everyday yeah. life. Part of the good thing about going to the Wild Acres retreat is to connect with the people there and kind of disconnect with the rest of the world. Right. And really, if you think about it, it's kind of the perfect world because I've I've been able to get limited cell service when I was there. So, you know, there are certain times a day where I can check my email, but most of the rest of the day I'm not, and that's a good thing. You're doing other stuff. Do you ever hike there? Have you gone hiking? Um, not, not anything more than just a couple hours, you know, with groups, yeah, with groups of fellows. Um, if you had to have dinner, or if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be? Wow, dead or alive. Well, you know, I've been thinking about President Lincoln lately um, because we're coming up on the um, anniversary of his assassination. And um, so I guess I've, if I had to choose one person, I would put, uh, I'd, I'd put uh, him on my list. A few years ago, I went to Ford's Theater, and um, it's really kind of eerie because, you know, the theater is uh, very similar to as it was the night he was shot. And then after he was shot, they carried him across the street, and you can actually go into the townhouse where, uh, in the bedroom where Lincoln um, spent his last hours. So that's a way to kind of live history in a way that's very kind of vivid. But, um, yeah, I think dinner with Lincoln would be pretty good. 
Where is where is that theater? The Ford's Theater. It's yeah. in it's in the District of Columbia. Okay. And, uh, wow. Um, I think it still operates as a theater, um, and it was a very powerful experience having heard about Ford's Theater and Lincoln's assassination all my life to actually see the spot uh, where the president was killed by John Wilkes Booth and and how Booth jumped from the balcony where Lincoln was onto the stage and you know how he is the door that he escaped out of to get out of uh, Ford's Theater. That's cool. That's Have you ever read that? Or there's like a book, I think, we have it. It's probably not even legitimate, but it's like the similarities between Kennedy's death and Lincoln's death. Yeah, there's, there's all kinds of, like uh, Lincoln's secretary was, <laughs> was Mrs. Kennedy, and Kennedy's secretary was Mrs. Yeah. Lincoln, and there's Is all that kinds true? of... that true? Like, I don't... I wonder... I mean, it's been published a lot, so I don't, I don't know, know. but I think you should check it out. <laughs> yeah, I should do some research. If you... Uh, have, is there a song that you've heard, or if you had to pick a song that in your life has always come up, or you've always chosen to listen to, what would it be? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't really consider myself um, a music person. Um, I tend to gravitate towards Motown. Uh, and I'm a big Marvin Gaye fan. Yeah. And so, you know, Marvin Gaye was this great uh, R&B singer. But um, I read this article once about how he kind of broke form in, uh, in the late 60s, early 70s with what's going on, this story about the uh, anti-Vietnam War effort. And, um, you know, I might have to add Marvin Gaye to my dinner list because mm-hmm. I'd like to ask him about that song and where it came from and how he wasn't a singer who was really noted for his social consciousness but on on that song he 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 was right and um so i have a a collection of marvin gay hits and every now and then i like to uh, listen to that song that's cool do your kids listen to i mean my kids actually are interested in marvin gay so my kids are uh 19 to 25 and, um, you know, obviously their music is a lot different than mine, but they do think Marvin Gaye is cool, so mm-hmm. that's good. Um, I got pretty major points when I took a couple of my daughters to Taylor Swift a few <laughs> years ago. So, um, and, and um, you know, I have to admit, well, I'm sure it's not the most exciting thing to do to go to a concert with your father. <laughs> Um, but she did put on a good show, so I'm glad I went. And she's coming back, so you can go again. Well, it could <laughs> be a points. problem with me getting tickets again. <laughs> that might have been a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. It's amazing. You know, what I learned from that night, which I didn't really fully understand, is this following that she has from young women of a certain age yeah. and, and how much they just completely identify with her. The screaming. I, I went, and the screaming was, like, insane of young girls. Just It was, like, pulsing through my brain. Yeah. 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 Well, this took an interesting turn. <laughs> we went from talking yeah, about Yeah, Friday fellow was talking about Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, you know, I just feel bad for Taylor because it just seemed like she's been wronged by just about every guy in the universe. <laughs> but at some point, it's going to turn around for her. I hope so. I, Taylor Swift never writes about her own flaws, though. Like, what did Taylor do? Yeah, it's always the guy's fault. I pointed this out to my daughter, Grace. Why in the Taylor Swift song is it always the guy's fault? You mean Taylor Swift never messes up? She never never does something bad in her relationships with guys? I know. I think it's time for the guys to have equal time. Yeah, or for Taylor Taylor to make a vulnerable song and say, this is what I did wrong. Yeah, my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right, well, that's all I have for you. So thank you so much for doing this, for inviting me here. It's a cool thank office. You. I'm always glad to talk about uh, the Friday Fellows and Wild Acres. Do you think you're going to come to All Fellows? I think I will. Good. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah, I look forward to it. Everyone can see you there.
Yep. All right. Well, we're out. Good.